Hello, and welcome back to the show, The Nerdiest Podcast, the podcast where nerds talk about nerdy things. I'm your host, Mr. Nick Barrett, and as always, I'm joined by my fabulous co-host, Mr. Jackson Glass. How are you doing today, sir? You know, I'm doing good. I think this is uh, one of those coffee days for me. I have my golden since 1980, or wait, yeah, 1985. It's faded, so I couldn't read what it said. My, I have my Golden Girls mug here. I have my Star Wars water bottle. This is not the one I bought at Galaxy's Edge because I dropped the one I bought at Galaxy's Edge and the lid shattered. And I have all the pieces for the lid and I can glue it together because they all fit. But that I just need to go get some glue. I also... Wait, what, what was the lid made out of? It was plastic. Like, what, was, what was it made out of? It was like a plastic oh. lid. And then like... That's your first mistake. You gotta get, you gotta get these water bottles that have the... Really nice, when you're when you're like, in Galaxy's Edge, you get caught up in the moment of consumerism, and you're just like, "That's a nice water bottle." I should have taught you that. that while you're at Disney, you don't buy Disney water bottles unless they're like the stainless steel. Like I have a, I have a Tomorrowland one, like of the People Mover. Yeah. Um, and it's like one of those. It's basically a mini Hydro Flask, is what it is. Um, and that's a good one, but I don't buy any of like the plastic. But ones. my problem is, I want. They'll break. I love water bottles where I can see in it. I want to know what's going on in there because I had one of the tin ones and it got really gross and I didn't know till way too late because I couldn't see inside it. I mean, I just clean mine once a week. I've That's heard, I saw this on, pretty simple. I saw this on the internet. You, the best way to clean water bottles um, is to get baby bottle sterilizing tablets like at Target and then it like, like you fill it with water, it works like an Alka-Seltzer. Like it just like kills all the bacteria in it. It's like, dang. I should look into that. Cause it's really hard. It's really hard to clean my water bottle. Uh, Cause I have all the stickers on the outside. And if it gets too wet, then the stickers will peel off. Mm -hmm. So I kind of have to like be selective and be careful of how much like I put water on the outside. So I might have to look into that. Um, it was on TikTok, so I know it works. And see how it works. Oh, well, if it's on TikTok, <laughs> obviously. Which you can follow work. us on TikTok. At you can at the Nerdiest Podcast. We have some exclusive uh, Disney TikTok. Just kidding. They're not exclusive. They'll be on Instagram eventually, but <laughs> they will be out on TikTok first. So you should go there. Um, now, speaking of Disney, we are going to be talking about our day at Hollywood Studios. Yep. But that will be at the end of the podcast. So we're gonna go ahead and like do you know our weekly recap, news, hot take. Um, what we've been watching main, main topic everything. of like what movies we've been watching and then after that if you want to leave and you don't care about disney i mean i i feel like you're missing out <laughs> i'm not because, i'm not here to peer pressure you into listening you know, but right the cool I'm not here to kids are going to listen to but, it so yeah <laughs> uh you know it'll so if you want to leave you can but if you want to stay and listen to us talk about it go right yeah. ahead it'll be there so it'll be at the end instead of thrown in the middle yeah. so speaking of which how has your week been um i kind of touched on it a little bit but it's good i think the weather is starting to warm up and i think winter is my favorite season out of the whole year and i stand by that but near the end like right when that spring comes in you're like oh okay i'm happy again so like that's like oh this, this is what wearing <laughs> short sleeves feels like oh and it's like it's a special moment when you're wearing a sweater and then you're like, oh, it's kind of warm in here. And you're like, oh, it's like the middle of March. I can like, <laughs> but, um, oh. oh my gosh. 
the weather is finally changing. It's, um, I don't know. It's a special moment when you get to take off your sweater in the middle of March and you're like, I don't have to put it back on. Like, it's just warm now. And we're in a weird spot where like between winter and COVID, it's like, it, it's like, am I, am I going to lose this weight? Let's be real. <laughs> You're like, yeah. hmm, I can't hide behind my big Is sweater this anymore. Is coming back off? I can't hide behind my big sweater so. anymore. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, if you if you have enough confidence, you can do anything. Um, that's true. That's but true. That's, that's about it. Nothing super exciting is going on. Um, what about you? Hold on, I'm zipping up this pretzel bag and I didn't want to make a big deal out of it because I know there are some people, literally, I was, I think it was that episode of the podcast way back. I think it was the the holiday, or the, not holiday, the Christmas one we did, the first Christmas oh. episode we did. Remember when we were like seeing how many mints we could eat on the yeah. podcast? Someone messaged me after that episode and said, don't ever eat on the podcast again. <laughs> It was like a very threatening, like, don't, don't you ever, ever do that eat again. on the podcast again. <laughs> the guy who sent it to me, great guy. Like, we're friends. He's a great guy. Um, but it was just like that one message where he was like, don't you don't ever, ever eat do on the podcast again. again. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa there, okay, brother. Okay. I won't. Um, that was an iconic episode. So, <laughs> yeah. So I now I've been super conscious about that. But mm. my week, um, well, first of all, I got my car back. So that's exciting. Between the last episode and this one, um, as as listeners will remember, earlier this year, I got rear-ended. Yeah. Um, so I had to send my car into the shop and get fixed. So I got it back, which was an emotional experience, by the way. I didn't cry, but like I got in my car and I just kind of took one of those like deep breaths and then <laughs> sat there and I was just listening to music. Um, I, I played the throne room theme by John Williams, <laughs> uh, from the end of a new hope, like as that victorious, like triumphant. And right as I pulled yeah. out of the, right as I pulled out of the auto shop, the, the theme played like the dun, 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 dun right as I was leaving. And I was like, beautiful. And that's when but you get T-boned that, right out of the, <laughs> yeah, that's when I get just bam, like they're, the, the car people are watching me leave and they just see me get T-boned. They're like, oh. Aww. They're like no, they're like doing the queen wave, queen wave as you leave, and then they're just. <laughs> Bam. That's a that's uh, a Looney Tunes level comedy. <laughs> some of the only interesting things that happened this week was last weekend, as of the time of recording this, which you know is the Friday before it goes yeah. out. Uh, yeah. But last weekend, I got to go do a film shoot for the Christian Filmmakers Club at my school. Let's go. Um, so we got to go out it one. It was super cool. Cause it wasn't at school. It was my first like on, on location, location shoot. So I got to go out to this, um, well, y'all know I live in Florida, yeah. but we went to a park. It's about 40 minutes from where I live. And, um, it, I kid you not, as I was driving by, I had to question, did I just get to the beach in 40 minutes, <laughs> which is good because this, the, the script is set on a beach. So, but like the director was like, yeah, I don't really want you guys driving two hours. Like that's not realistic Good and man. reasonable <laughs> for you coming out on this non-paid thing. Yeah. So the location was really nice. I will say it was cold as frick because it thunderstormed the night or two days before. So it was like 50 degrees when I got there. All I was wearing was a long sleeve shirt and a jacket. I was freezing and I had to do boom up. So, <laughs> you had to stand still. <laughs> uh, my hands were exposed. 
Well, not stand still, but my hands were exposed. That's great. Um, so it was really only bad till like noon. And then once yeah. the sun came up, it, you know, averaged out and got fine. I had a lot of fun with that shoot, though. A lot of fun people on there. Um, I will probably promote the short film yeah. once it comes out. June 28th is the date Let's go. we were Let's getting. Let's go. So I, it'll be a hot minute, but hey, I'm excited. Hey. Is it bad that when you say Christian Filmmakers Club, the only thing I can think of is like, we watched The Chosen once and I think we can do better. So let's go. <laughs> I watched God's Not Dead. I think be well, I mean, I feel like I that's mean, a really low bar. Literally, Everything we've uh, done is better than God's Not Dead. That's an awful I watched movie. Veggie Tales. I can do better. It's like, that's a better bar yeah. to have set. Is you can do better than Veggie Tales. No, you can't. No, you can't. Uh, <laughs> the other interesting thing that happened this week uh well one i'm now a nintendo switch online subscriber with the expansion pack and i i only say that because i swear out of some kind of uh karmic divine intervention like 20 minutes after i bought the expansion pass i made like the gut decision to do it i was scrolling on my phone and the weather channel widget had turned red and it went tornado warning and i was like oh I'm going to die. God didn't want me to do this. So this is not the right decision. Um, so I ended up sleeping in my closet that night um, because I wanted to go to bed, but the tornado warning wasn't going to expire until like one in the morning. And I was like, <sighs> it's 11. I want to go to bed. I have class in the morning. You know how So many... I literally pulled one of the, I pulled one of the cushions off my couch, grabbed pillows off my bed, grabbed a blanket, brought my, like all my cords and stuff in. So I could sit on my phone and I slept in the closet. You know? Which was an interesting experience. The amount of, uh, growing up, the amount of, like, random tornado warnings we had compared to the amount of tornadoes is actually comical. Because the amount of times I can remember tornado damage was maybe twice. And the amount of times that I remember being hiding in the closet from a tornado has to have been in the upper tens. (laughs) So... Right, like... They always tell you, like, and I mean, my family, well. Like, better safe than sorry, but, like. Not my mom. (laughs) My grandparents were always the type of people to get super anxious about it. So when there was, like, a severe thunderstorm warning, they were like, we're hiding in the closet. (laughs) Meanwhile, my mom is like, it's just a normal afternoon thunderstorm. Like, the winds are a little higher than normal, but it's fine. we We need to move on. But I will say, if you see enough tornadoes in your life, you know when they're coming. Because you're like, the That's sky true. is starting to turn green. Guys, this isn't good. So. I was always taught that tornadoes sound like trains. So now instinctively when I hear trains, I think, <laughs> is that a tornado? Thomas it's, it's the. completely clear blue sky. Thomas the tornado? What? <laughs> Thomas the, tr- the train NATO? Can't wait hey, to see that film. Michael Bay, uh, call us. <laughs> moving on, we're going to briefly dive through the nerdiest news, which What's interesting is like 50% of the news is just all the new trailers that have dropped. Yeah. Like between now and the last episode, we got a Kenobi trailer, which I did a TikTok reaction on and it looks great. I'm not going to over elaborate too much about it other than the fact that it looks great. Can't wait for Kenobi. Yeah. Really hope it's better than Book of Boba Fett. Um, and my personal opinion is we don't need a second Kenobi trailer. I think we should only get the one yeah. because it's a six episode limited series which of course they're saying it's a limited series but kathleen kennedy is already talking about a season two and i'm like okay first of all 
Saying that there's a season two implies that there's very low stakes for everyone. Now, granted, we all know Obi-Wan's gonna live. He's not gonna die, but low stakes for other people in the series, which I don't like. So, yeah. but yeah, it looks pretty dope. What do you think about the Kenobi trailer? Um, I watched it, like it released right as I was about to go into work. So I got to watch it in the car and I was just like screaming the whole time. But in like, a, it was like the, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Cause like when he like takes down those binoculars and like you see his face, you're like, he's back, he's back. And I think- There's something about the nostalgia associated with Ewan McGregor. I, I think he, like just as an actor is going to thrive in this show just because like he's been very vocal about how excited he is to go back into the character, which is so cool. And I'm just, I think that if we, one, hype responsibly, don't get, oh no. don't over, overset the expectation. But as long as we do that and the show doesn't suck, It'll be great, but it because I feel like because, Star Wars fans are not the ones to tell the hype responsible. No, but also if Keno if they ruin Kenobi, they've lost the Star Wars fandom trust forever. Oh, it's so <laughs> true. Though. If they screw up Kenobi, all that good work they did with the Clone Wars and the Mandalorian, and you know all that good faith, goodwill they put in. You're not gonna get it back. Who's who's working on Kenobi? Like, have they said directors and what? Uh, Deborah Chow, I think, is the really? lead director. Which she did episode three of The Mandalorian, I think. Okay. Um, I wonder so, which episode three was one episode I really liked. Because, uh, like Dave Filoni and Jon Favreau have been super invested in Star Wars recently, but I know that like Boba between Boba Fett, Mandalorian, Kenobi, like. I don't know if they can be over everything. Mandalorian season three actually just wrapped. Really? Uh, filming, I think. Interesting. What, in, um, I think they're in post-production now. We're talking about Disney later. What did that guy's shirt say at Hollywood Studios? Oh, the guy at Hollywood Studios. Um, It was like, I trust Dave Filoni. Yeah, it was like, it was like, an, it had an AT&T. And he was like, he was like, also, yeah. that family right there, that is goals because the dad was wearing an I trust Dave Filoni shirt. The I don't remember if he had a son or a daughter, but like the kid was wearing Mando merch and then the mom was all decked out. She had like the Ahsoka ears, the Ahsoka lounge fly and Ahsoka shirt, Ahsoka earrings. Like she was all decked out. And I I saw it and I leaned over to Jackson and I was like, I should tell Megan this is the state. This is my like this is my This uh... is my expectation. When I say, um, oh, what's the What's the what's the Bible verse where they're like I want a blank number wife? Yeah, that's me. Uh, what, no, it's what is, is it is it Proverbs thirty one? Yeah, I want when a Proverbs like, thirty one woman. <laughs> that's what I they want say. A Proverbs thirty one woman. That's what I was no. talking about. All decked out in the Ahsoka. Uh, move move on. I guess. Move on. <laughs> uh, moving on. There's a new trailer for Sonic. And tickets went live. A movie that I am extraordinarily hyped for. Yeah. Um, I already bought my tickets. I'm actually going to see it April 6th. So two days early in 4DX. I'm very excited. Wow. Um, Make you so, feel like you're going fast. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, I'm going to see it on the 6th. And I think I'm going to see it on the 8th again. 
with some friends. I tried to convince them to go on the sixth, but they were like, "No, we want to go on the eighth. And I was like, "Okay, okay, I'll fine. Come see it again. Be that I won't way. Don't spoil anything. Don't <laughs> see it again. I think. Um, I just want to mention this for a hot second. Please don't talk about this for hours. Can we talk about how the Sonic Two media team knows exactly what they're doing, and how movie promotions the last, I guess, year have just been awful, like just awful. But Sonic Two is the perfect their their social medias are the perfect balance of like playing into the meme and jokes culture without being very how do you do fellow kids and i don't know how they did right. it but they're killing it big props to them no they are i really love what they're doing i don't know how they mastered it but they just they've knocked it out of the park honestly like and what's so crazy is you have movies like No Way Home, mm -hmm. which is a multi-billion dollar operation, had some of the worst posters I've ever seen. Yeah. But the Sonic team, like, they're cranking out these fire posters at least, like, one or two a week. Yeah. And they just look so good. I'm so excited for the movie. I'm trying to hype responsibly, but it's mm -hmm. hard. Because this is my most anticipated movie of the entire year. I think... Um... So it's like... It's kind of hard to hyper. I saw this on Twitter. I wish I could credit it, but I didn't know who it was. Um, no, it comes from Twitter. And it was a whole... <laughs> okay, cool. It was a whole thread about how inflation is killing the movie industry. And it used No Way Home as an example where they're like, this movie had a $200 million budget. And they like, look at these posters. And they're like, look at this and look at that. And of course, a million different things go into that. But it's like, are they wrong? $200 million is a lot of money. $200 million. It is a lot of money, but I feel like once you get up that far, like they could have thrown a billion dollars at that movie and it's still like, I don't think much would have changed because I mean, honestly, $200 million, that's on the low end. Like there are some Marvel shows that cost $200 million to make. So 200 million is the low end. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just so, I don't know. I think that I see. What I've you're seen saying. some of the shots in that movie, and I love that movie. I'm going to talk about it in a second. But some of the lighting in that movie, I'm like, I would not have guessed this was a two hundred million dollar movie. Like when Doctor Strange is no, standing definitely. by that fireplace, the lighting on him is awful. Like that's the that's the key one that I noticed because I re because I saw it in the theater for a third time yesterday. Still think it's an amazing movie. Still love that many. movie. You suck but i still think that's an amazing you're movie. not wrong but i i just see some of the things that like some of the little nitpicky things that don't matter but i'm also thinking how much money do you have to throw i'm just saying movies that have way less money have done better and i think that's yeah you're not wrong um so and the next on up, the marvel just a brief one on the marvel topic disney plus added parental controls so that they could use Marvel shows from Netflix like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and what, like Iron Fist? It's um, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Punisher, Iron Fist, and The Defenders. The okay. five, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not a Netflix Marvel show. It was on ABC. Mm -hmm. um, I only say that because I watched it air live when <laughs> I was like 10. Um <laughs> But yeah, they added those new parental controls. And for some reason, there are parents who are like up in arms about like, well, how dare you add TVMA stuff to D 
Disney Plus, my kids aren't safe. And I'm like, they literally added a pin system to your account. So your kid cannot get into your account yeah. to watch the TV MA stuff. It will take you five seconds to install this pin so that your kid can't get on your account. It's not that hard. Yeah, no. And it's like, it's it, it's more of this like fake outrage about like, oh, well, you know, grr, they add, how dare you add mature stuff. It's like, what, what, which them adding this mature stuff, one, should be a big deal because this is the first time a Netflix original series has been on a platform other than Netflix, at least to my knowledge. And two, this further confirms my theory that Hulu will eventually be rolled into yeah. Disney Plus, which ironically enough rolls into the next news topic of Discovery Plus is being rolled into HBO uh, Max. HBO Max. Which we predicted this. We did. We said this a couple a, podcasts a while ago, ago. We said where we were like the streaming services need to just all die and fold back in on one another. Well, also which is exactly what's like, happening right now. Growing up, and this is gonna make me sound really young, but I don't care because I am very young. The 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 streaming giants were Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime. Not like Amazon Prime was still like kind of a baby. Um, that's what you watched. But then when Disney Plus released, it almost flipped and then did insanely well. It almost flipped a switch that said, hey, anyone can make a streaming service. And so I think a lot of companies saw that as like a business opportunity and the world is just moving towards streaming. And it just became like, oh, Disney made a streaming service. We can make a streaming service. So now there's like, 30 like 30 different streaming services that are awful because they were just like cranked out for money like parent like i've had i've talked about how awful paramount plus is before it is so glitchy and there's like no hope for fixing it because they're just like all right here you go here's maybe some originals i don't know go, just like they're not fixing it and so i think as the years go on we're going to see this more and hey, good for HBO Max, honestly. Like the the fact that now they have like HBO Max already became a giant with all their movie selections and now you can watch Food Network on there. Come on. <laughs> What's crazy is HBO Max like started out as this, oh, it's such a cash grab like the rest of them, but it really actually is like an actual streaming service. Like the ones that definitely feel like cash grabs are Peacock and Paramount Plus, mm -hmm. and I think those two are the Discovery next to Plus fall. felt like felt like that because to me. Discovery Plus was another one of those like cash grabby like oh, but I think Paramount Plus and Peacock will eventually realize oh the only reason you're subscribing to this is to watch The Office yeah. or Parks and Rec or you know the Halo series which we're gonna talk about in a second, um, so I think those two. Honestly, if HBO is smart, they'll work with them and snatch up those two. Yeah. Because even if even if they could take Paramount and fold Paramount into, which I don't actually, I don't think they will, because um, HBO is a sister company of Warner Bros. and Warner Bros. is a competitor to Paramount. So I don't think those two would go together very well. Um, so if anything, um, I would say. Paramount Plus would probably fold into Netflix and Peacock could fold either back into Netflix with The Office and stuff or HBO Max. But also... Probably HBO Max. That would increase the value I think, so much. Well, I think Netflix is kind of different 
in the sense of like they're not gonna change where if Netflix absorbed Peacock, there wouldn't be a Peacock section of Netflix. It would just be those no. shows are on Netflix now. Where I think, whereas you compare that to Disney Plus and Hulu, where in a couple years, Disney Plus will fully own Hulu. And I think they're yeah. still going to be kind of separate because the shows aren't the same. So I don't know. I'm curious to see how yeah. this unfolds. I think it'll just, time will tell. And I think this is a good move because having 800 different streaming services on your pay is just on like, is so frustrating. It's like, I just wanna watch Parks and Rec. Just please let me watch Parks and Rec. <laughs> and I will say, um, speaking of mergers real quick before we move on, a good merger that just happened is Funimation and Crunchyroll just fused mm -hmm. together, which honestly is something that should have happened years ago, but they just, I think they finished the acquisition of Crunchyroll last March. Mm -hmm. And then this year, like a couple, I wanna say like a month or so ago now, they announced they were fusing the Funimation and Crunchyroll together into the Crunchyroll app. And as a, I was a Verve subscriber and that's how I was getting Crunchyroll and all this other anime. But honestly, them putting those two libraries together, now there's a bunch of dubs I never had access to. There's a bunch of shows that were Funimation exclusive that I never had access to. And well, I got Crunchyroll premium free for two months because I was a Verve uh, premium member, but it's also the same price as Verve and I'm getting like double the content. So I think that was a good move mm -hmm. on their part. Um, but moving on, speaking of Paramount Plus, um, the Halo series comes out, I think this month, next week, I think. I don't know. Mm. I don't want to speak um ignorantly about i that. haven't been um, following so <laughs> i kind okay i kind of want to get paramount plus just to watch the halo show like once it finishes like if they're doing weekly airing i'll wait until it finishes get the yeah. free trial binge it and then never go back um but something that came out a quote that came out which really should have you worried and this will kind of bleed into another topic is from the showrunner of the halo series this is a quote we didn't look at the game. We didn't talk about the game. We talked about the characters and the world, so I never felt limited by it being a game. So what that means, and the way I'd see that is they wanted to make a Master Chief show but didn't play the Halo games or do any research whatsoever on the game you're turning into a show, which is a bad thing because when you're making adaptations, it's very important to remain faithful to the source, like the source material, because the people who are watching your show are Halo fans. It's not the random people who are subscribed to Paramount, it's Halo fans who are watching your show. So, I don't know, that just, yeah, it, it feels think, like a very big red flag to me. I think there needs, there needs to be a line, but you need to think about like, why are video game adaptations usually so bad? And it's like, once you take the playability out of a game, it like, you're just watching it. It's so different. You cannot, you can't make your own decisions. It's whatever the showrunners decided. But I also think if Halo is going to be one of those series that's going, that's like a better series to make out of a show because it does have a story that you, you have less decisions as if like the difference is if they tried to make a movie of like Breath of the Wild. Like, there's too many different scenarios. 
to throw in there where Halo right. is like a level based like, oh, this could be a scene and this could be a scene. But it also sounds like if they didn't look at any of the games, are this is this going to just be a Halo series that takes place in the Halo world? Like, are you going to have Master Chief or Cortana? Because if you do, those characters are going to suck because they didn't look at any of the source material. <laughs> right. And, I mean, to make a comparison, like, the Sonic team, like, the director did a ton of research into the games. Jim Carrey did a ton of research into the game. Idris Elba did a ton of Knuckles research before playing Knuckles. That's how you do video games. That's just a voice actor, too. how highly regarded. <sighs> right. That's not even, like, they have no creative control over the script or anything and like they're doing all this research so when you do adaptations like that that's why sonic is held in such a high regard as a video game movie adaptation yeah. is because they did the research they have the references but it's not overbearingly like oh my gosh that's the that's the green hill zone theme or like all this stuff it is a sonic movie for sonic fans but it also caters to that audience now to to play devil's advocate for the halo series i think People like me who are familiar with Halo, but have never been into the lore or anything, that's the people they're targeting if they're not looking at the games at all. They're looking at people like me who know who Master Chief is, but also are not like, well, Cortana's actually this shade of blue, not that shade yeah. of blue. How, first of all, how dare you do that to Cortana? Like, I don't think that's the people they're targeting, which I think is wrong because you should be targeting the people who really love you know, halo <laughs> yeah really love halo so uh so you go. that's all i got for the news you got through the news and my the hot, hot take, take. <laughs> yeah my hot take was that sonic is uh one of the best video game adaptations if you want to fight me on that the dms are open on instagram at the nerdiest podcast yeah we officially um, named him the dm me. guy I so triple dog dare you. <laughs> uh so, All right, main so topic. What have you we been just, watching? You want to go back and forth, or you kind of want to let this uh, uh, we'll go, go we'll naturally? Go, we'll go back and forth. Because I have some things uh, to say do you about... Wanna, do you want to talk about the two the two big movies first? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Since they're the newest. I want to talk about Turning okay. Red first. Whew, so, we... Well, I don't know if it was we. It was kind of more me. But uh, had very low expectations for Turning yeah. Red. Yeah. And we... Slash me. Um, don't say we slash me. I just don't say me. Say I <laughs> because uh, <laughs> I said, I said, does it look amazing? I don't know. But I trust Pixar. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I Okay. What I'll say is me. Sorry, I had to take a second <laughs> to, to catch myself there. Um, I was really skeptical going into this movie. I had not watched any, I'd watched like the one trailer that they kept playing in the theater and that's it. And I come on to make a correction on what I said. Um, it turned out a lot better than I thought it was going to. This is an apology video. And I was also significantly surprised by how good it was. I will say, I think this is one of the most beautifully animated movies Pixar has ever made. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was that one scene I sent you on Marco Polo of the dad at the very beginning cooking the food and like how extra and stylized yeah. that was. And there were also some other scenes like when she's drawing under the bed. And like there was, I will say, there was a lot of, there was a lot of use of dynamic lighting, mm -hmm. um, especially within that red, pink, orange, like color palette. Yeah. Um, 
And I really liked that. It felt like a, not an anime Pixar movie, but like stylized animation. And that yeah. really helped set it apart from, you know, the Cars movies or Toy Story or Luca or Soul, like even the more recent ones. All of the recent Pixar movies have felt individualistic, mm -hmm. which is a good thing. So I think that's what I have. To what say I'll about say it. about the animation style is one of my biggest pet peeves with animation, and this isn't this is less of a pet peeve and more of like a style I don't like. Is I hate when animation is exaggerated. Now that's kind of a hot take because a lot of people love that style. That's why I don't like new episodes of SpongeBob because the littlest motions are like so insanely exaggerated that I it just feels stupid. Like Hotel Transylvania, the last two Hotel Transylvania movies did that and I thought it was stupid. Yeah. Um, and so as someone who's not a fan of that style, there were moments in Turning Red where I was like, ah, okay, that like, ah, but that's such an opinionative thing and I don't, I, like I can look past that just from an opinion and I think this is a really good movie. Um, I think it it's weird to say that it didn't feel as magical as other Pixar movies because it's literally about the girl that turns into a red panda. But that's true. what I will say is if you compare it to a movie like Inside Out, where they're like, oh, we're going on this grandiose adventure to through like her brain to like do all this. And it's like super big and dramatic and they like lose, like he falls into the pit and it's all this or like up where it's like this huge adventure through the jungle and the mountains or, but this one had that magical aspect and then was like, okay, we're in Toronto. Like we're staying in Toronto. Yeah, we're in Canada. <laughs> and it was, you could compare it to Encanto in the way that they didn't go on a grandiose journey, but Encanto had the magical house. And so it was like magic right. in every scene where this one was like, yeah, she's a panda, but she's just like talking to her friends. And I really she's like a normal girl in a normal world. It's just, I really like this direction. They did something similar with Luca where they were like, yeah, he's a fish, but like he's just in Italy trying to get a moped. And I think like these stories are so unique compared to the, the loop that they kind of got in of like, we have to go on a grand adventure across the country or the world to make a good movie. Cause you don't. And I really like this direction that they're going. I will say my favorite part about these movies is, um, Makes me wish these places were real. I wish New York City from Seoul was real. You know, I wish uh, Italy was real. Now I wish Toronto was real. You know? Pixar just has a knack for really, you know, making these great uh, fictional worlds. Maybe. Because none of those places are real. I mean, maybe there will uh, be a Toronto section at Epcot, and then you can feel like hey, you're real. who's to say feel we like don't get a Toronto-themed section? I'm just saying. I'm I will just saying. say, the, the most unrealistic part of Turning Red for me, the part that kind of like sucked me out, was when her mom turned into like this giant 200 foot uh -huh. kaiju panda. And I was like, I mean, there was the dad like saying she was really like big and like monstrous when she was a panda. But at the same time, like, I didn't think he meant literally Godzilla esque. <laughs> 
Like I thought yeah. he meant like she was a lot more fierce. It's than near. Everyone else. It's near the end when it's when it falls a little bit more into that Toy Story three like grand finale. But I don't yeah. like. I don't think it's necessarily awful. Like it. Like and also, fine. I kind of felt like they. I kind of felt like they broke their own magic system because (laughs) they inferred at the beginning of the movie, like, if you mess up the ritual, it can never be done again. Yeah. And, like, oh, no. And then the Mons just breaks accidentally. And then the sisters and the grandmother just, like, break their own willingly. And then they can just go back to sealing it up. And I'm like... I feel like you're, like, it's kind of like one of those cliche, like, clean-up, happy-ending mm-hmm. type things, because, like... But what are they going to do, all those, be pandas um, at the end? Like... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It felt like a... I don't know. felt like a deus ex machina type thing, but I, other than that, now? I thought it was a really It good felt movie. like a what? <laughs> deus ex machina? Have you never heard of no. that? No! <laughs> no! Hold on. Start talking about the next movie. I'm going to look up Deus Ex Machina. Okay. So I, I was like, what, what the frick? So, um. Never mind. I found that okay, de- the, the definition. Um, Deus Ex Machina is a plot device whereby a seemingly unsolvable problem in a story is suddenly and, un- and abruptly resolved by an unexpected and unlikely occurrence. There's a word for that? So, yeah, it's called a Deus Ex Machina. So spell it. <laughs> the grandmother and the sister and the the ants being able to like go into their panda forms and then go back with no consequences other than oh our jewelry container devices are different is a I considered a Deus Ex Machina. Because they set up this problem of the mom being the giant panda with seemingly no way to turn her back because they were like, Oh, if you mess up the thing, then it's over, like, oh boy. Deus um, ex machina. <laughs> Deus ex machina. Deus ex machina. You'll, you'll spell no. that. <laughs> so we're gonna, so we're gonna talk about the the bat, the Batman, um, which seemingly has no Deus ex machinas. Um, that's going in the description, by the way. <laughs> Jackson doesn't know what a Deus ex machina. Is. No one. I don't think that's common knowledge. <laughs> no, it is oh among people who watch movies. My mom would know what a Deus Ex Machina is. I thought that was an anime thing. Usually, when you say nonsense, no. it's an anime. But no. <laughs> Deus Ex Machina is not an anime oh, thing. Oh, However, it I'm is six a episodes trope very I'm commonly. S- I'm six episodes into Deus Ex Machina. It's so good. <laughs> It does. It does kind of sound like an anime title. Not gonna lie. Uh, I will say, Deus Ex Machinas are often conveniently placed in anime. Okay. Anyway. Like, anyway. Um, the Batman. So the Batman. Uh, general my thoughts. Anime. General thoughts. <laughs> general thoughts. A lot better than I thought. Now, hot take. Do I think it's the best Batman movie? No, I think the Lego Batman movie is the best Batman movie. But. This does come in as a very close second or third. Um, Because as someone who's never really been, like, crazily into Batman, this was a relatively followable story. Yeah. Um, 
because it doesn't do that traditional, like, we're going to start out the movie with this gringy look at how Martha and Thomas Wayne were murdered. And this is why Batman is Batman. Like, it was like, Batman has been Batman for two years. And the opening scene where it's just, like, the that theme playing, which has been stuck in my head all week. And, like, the where he's talking about, like, how they see the bat signal and they're scared because they know I'm out. They, I don't even have to be around them. But just the fact that I the bat signal is up and I could be out of the cave terrifies everyone in Gotham. That set the tone. And also it was the it was the use of like having that blank space. That like pitch black blank space in almost every frame. Mm -hmm. Or at least the important ones where you're like, Is Batman in there? Is he gonna walk out of there and like beat these guys up? Like what's going on? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'm not gonna lie, I was genuinely kinda scared. <laughs> of Robert Pattinson's Batman. Like, he is a very terrifying Batman. Because there was, like, um, I, I think it was the, the street thugs at the beginning who were, like, at the subway station. He beats those guys. Okay, I just wanna, like, I wanted to point this out. Genuinely beats them. I wanted to point this out. The funniest thing to me about this movie, and there are parts where I legitimately started laughing, not, like, it's, this isn't a dig. I think this is, like, kind of hilarious, is, like, the way that he's like, I'm going to defend Gotham. And he does that by beating the living daylight out of anyone he sees on the street. So it's like, you robbed no, a convenience true. store. <laughs> I love the memes on TikTok that are like, when you take your first uh, drink, but you're underage, and then it's like the lights and the, the Batmobile comes up behind you. I like that. My favorite like, is... Oh, no! My favorite is, like, you're swimming in Gotham, and he, like, dives, and then Batman, like, pulls him out of the pool by his throat, and he's like... Diving. No diving! It's... It's the same energy ugh. as the, um... The you committed a crime after Gwen Stacy died. Yeah. Uh, and it's like the... No! And he's like, it's Spider-Man coming to get you. And I was like, oh, so funny. I think, so I walked, I walked into the Batman with very little expectations. Like I literally, legitimately, the only Batman movie I've seen is Lego Batman. Like I was never really cared. Not in like a pretentious, I only watch MCU movies, but in like a, eh, I like, I never just was interested. I need to get you to watch the... The Nolan trilogy. The Christopher Nolan the ones Dark look Knight good. Trilogy. That's, those are the ones yeah, I watch. We need to watch that. And we need, to, we need to do that. But I was pleasantly surprised. I think as I processed it a little more, I realized how much I really liked it. It's probably the best movie I've seen that came out this year. Um, My only, like, a, I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I think Robert Patterson did such a good job. Like, I was kind of surprised because. Like, I hate that Twilight has, like, tainted his career, where we're surprised when he's good. That's so sad. But, like, he did a great job. Um, yeah, I thought he killed it. And, like you said, there were some legitimately scary moments that I actually kind of liked. My only gripe is, I understand the Batman is a dark movie. And I understand the lighting has to be dark. But I oh, got, he's coming back to the I got Ooh. very, I got tired like two hours in. Cause it's like a three hour movie, two hours in no, same, and it's still same, like, same. there's no visual stimulation. And so two hours in, I was like, okay, come on. <laughs> I can, I can watch this. There was, there was a point 
uh, I want to say it was like an hour and a half in, so halfway, mm -hmm. where the story was like taking that natural, it was a natural lull, but mm -hmm. it was a lull nonetheless. And I like genuinely started nodding off. I was like, no, come on, I'm going to miss something. Because one of my favorite parts of the movie is the Riddler. Yeah. Because it's actually like, and engage it's he's not like i'm gonna rob this convenience store batman <laughs> john mulaney you can say that over the phone batman but if you were here in person i'd pound you to a pulp start pounding joker <laughs> like it's not yeah it's, it's not, not that kind of batman movie it's the riddler was very much like here's a riddle here i'm gonna expose your parents for the scumbags that they are um and it turned so, it into a which, mystery by the way, movie that guy the the falcone guy it was really hard to look at him and see him as anyone else other than the guy from that Transformers movie. Every time he came on screen, he was in the... Oh, you haven't seen the Transformers movie, so you don't get it. Um, but he was in the first two. Or maybe, I think he was in the third one, too. But he plays like this uh, ex-government agent who was okay. like a conspiracy theorist and stuff and he's like this really crazy guy in the movie so to see him really reined in for a mob boss in batman was kind of weird because i've never seen him in anything that's hilarious other than transformers so one more thing yeah no i thought it was really one good. more thing i want to say about the color one shooting in low light is very difficult so what they for what it is they did a great job i just like it's just hard to when it's not as visually engaging. Now, part of this is my stupid TikTok brain is like, where's the color? I'm falling asleep. But what was interesting is when I went to the movie theater yesterday, I saw Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man No Way Home has been out of theaters for a very long time, but my theater's still playing it for whatever reason. All the trailers were for movies that had already been released. I saw trailers for Moonfall, all right? And then there was a trailer for The Batman. And watching that trailer, after seeing the movie, the trailer was a lot brighter than the movie. Yeah. And I was like, did we just get catfished? They definitely colored, <laughs> they definitely color graded it different. Like, for the and it makes sense. I'm not mad. I just think I've never, like, I've never seen this before. Like, I think it was like, they wanted to sh like display it in a way that makes you want to go see it. And then they're like, all right, I, I know now here's the now here's real the real movie. movie and the real movie is really great but I've never seen that before I think that's really yeah. interesting I think um something that is really interesting well first of all um no movie has ever made me want to get a Lego set and go play on the floor with it much like that Batmobile chase really made me want to be a kid and just go sit on the floor and go yeah like with a Lego Batmobile, like, oh, that chase, mm. so good. But I think my other two favorite scenes is the one where he's in the dark fighting those guys. Oh, and you and can like only, only see the light the is, the, is the gun. <laughs> is the the gunshots? Oh. And it's like framed really good, so like good. down the hallway. Yes. Absolutely amazing. Which I'm going to have to send it to you. I did a shot like that in a no. stop motion animation years oh ago gosh. i did that shot so matt reeves <laughs> um i want some credit <laughs> for doing it no you're gonna have to cut this out and i'll send you the clip and you can make a reel okay. out of it so we can show you like the comparison the side by side okay anyway there was that and then the scene where he comes down through the skylight in the where like he blows up the roof of the mm -hmm. convention center or whatever falls through and starts fighting those guys 
That was pretty dope. I think pretty dope. maybe my favorite moment of the whole movie is when, like, when he goes into that skylight thing, and then that guy has, like, a shotgun and just <laughs> blows him down. Like, he's just, like... <gasps> Batman just gets, like, like uh, just, like, totally chests a double bell shotgun. Blank. I would be knocked out, too, man. <laughs> like... But it's insane because, like, he just took it like a champ. Like, point-blank shotgun. I know. I looked just at like, it. <gasps> I saw it, and I audibly went, ooh. ooh. Everyone. Ooh. Like, I felt that. I saw one. it I with like, a group, oh, and we all just went, oh. Like, um, what's that? What's that Cody Co. video where they're like, oh. What the heck? Oh. That's, that was my reaction. So, I think the Batman's yeah. really good. But it's also interesting, like, it was interesting seeing the Batman and No Way Home in the same week because it made me be like, it was like, is the Batman a better movie? Yes. Will I watch No Way Home a lot more? Yes. Because I've seen No Way well, Home in theaters three times. I think that also goes because No Way Home is shorter. No Way Home is shorter. The Batman, only about like it 30 didn't minutes. feel like a long three hour movie. No. But I don't know if I would, like, it was a great movie, don't get me wrong, but I don't know if I would, like, sit down and watch it again just for fun. It would be like hard how to I, watch like it how I watch, Like how I watch Weathering with You every now and then for funsies. I don't think I would ever do that no. with that. The same, like, that's like, kind of what I'm thinking, like, I would watch, like, we can't compare No Way Home and The Batman, but they're both, like, big, big superhero movies can't. in recent time, so we're gonna do it. No Way Home, this is... I've seen it in theaters three times. I'm going to buy it on Blu-ray so I can watch it again. I will watch that movie until the end of time because I can get consistent enjoyment. Like, I will consistently get enjoyment out of that movie. The Batman is one that I think is a very good movie, but I think it'd be hard to watch at home. Just... Yeah, that's fair. Like, even if it's just because of the themes, like, that's just not the kind of movie I sit down and watch. But I'm glad I gave it a shot and I really enjoyed it, so... Yeah, there we go. Me too. Mm-hmm. I I wasn't gonna go see it. So, what else have we been watching outside of uh, these two movies? Because I've been watching a lot of stuff, and I guess we're kind of we're getting close to an hour. I don't think we're we're we'll be a little like ten or so minutes to an hour or something like that. But um, do you want me to just say all the stuff I've been watching? Because I yeah, don't go watch for it. that much, and it won't take me that long to explain it. So, I'm gonna backtrack a little bit because I have not had a lot of time to watch shows. Mm-hmm recently this was mainly about like the a movies. slow burn yeah i'm on a slow burn with fire force and black clover right now um which are both anime um but then i have like my weekly stuff like attack on titan which i'm watching um currently watching my dress up darling which i know sounds super weird <laughs> but it is one of loki one of the best slice of lights bleh, slice of life romance anime i've ever you watched, watched the just most me, like, questionable tv of any no, person no, I've no, ever no. known. Here. I'm going to give you a brief synopsis. So the whole point of the show is there's this girl. Her name is uh, Marin, And she wants to cosplay. But she can't sew for crap. And then there's this guy named Gojo who can sew for crap. And the whole premise of the show is like he's making her cosplays. But it's super good because they fit so well together. And you won't understand unless you watch the you're show. Watch, you're Because like... You're watching a okay. show about a Comic-Con couple and you're saying that it's really good? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it is really good. You, 
Man, you should sit through with me when I'm I not, watch one of these episodes. I'm not here to judge. So over the I'm not top. here to judge. I just think that's weird. <laughs> no, listen, it's so good because like he he he's super passionate about like not not cosplay, but like she asks him to make this like she gives him the specifications and they take all the measurements and yeah, it's an over like an overly fan servicey uh. anime. Like the animators had way too much fun animating this chick's feet. That's all what? I'm gonna say. No, they, had, they went turn they off the TV. <laughs> but but it's one scene out of it's one time scene out. Of <laughs> but what? No, what? What really redeems this show for me? Aside from like the characters being lovable, they fit super well together. Um, Marin is best girl of the anime season, and no one can tell me otherwise. If you want to fight me again, the DMs are open. Instagram.com forward slash the nerdiest podcast. Um, or if you're on the phone at the nerdiest podcast, you can't fight me. I'm open for DMs. Um, but what? what makes it great is she's like, okay, I want to cosplay as this character. And, like, gives him a very brief rundown of the character. He then proceeds to watch the entire anime that this character is from so he understands the outfit and how the character would act and all this stuff and does this really deep research for this cosplay. And that, and she notices that, and, like, there's all these little nuances that it's really hard to explain, but it's just top-tier anime. Low-key, depending on how the first season ends, might break my top ten. Like, it's that good. That's hilarious. Now, Another show that. that is great, that honestly will probably break my top 10 favorite shows of all time, Arcane. League of Legends Arcane. League of Legends gets a bad rap, gets gets, gets crapped on, and honestly probably deserves it, not going to lie. <laughs> uh, but Arcane is a gift from God, honestly. <laughs> like, the character nuances, the animation, the storytelling, the visual storytelling within like just the animated frame <laughs> gift from god man who like, sings that who sings that song it won, in it uh, uh, imagine dragon imagine dragon does the, the intro song for it um Sorry, i had to get you <laughs> imagine dragons does the uh the opening yeah for the show enemy which such a good song you see and arcane won a bunch of awards for like their animation uh character writing or not or i think it was yeah. uh they got animation direction for an episode voice acting for an episode jinx won for voice acting in an episode which so deserved Jeez. jinx is the best character out of the entire show um so yeah just a phenomenal show it's on netflix i highly recommend it you don't have to know anything about league of legends to watch arcane which is another great video game adaptation because you don't have to know anything about the source material to enjoy this show and you know at some point honestly i'll probably force jackson to watch it i gotta wait for it's, him to finish demon slayer first it's one of those shows that but, like i know is going to be good because it wins all the awards you say it's amazing you haven't really steered me wrong with tv recommendations um exactly but it's just one of those shows that like I'm sure it's amazing, but I don't, I don't really want to watch it. Will I watch it someday? Probably. Do I care right now? Not really. I'll, don't worry. I'll force him to watch it before season two comes out. You see, that's when you should get into shows right before the second season, so you can ride that. Exactly. Wave. No, because now, now I'm on that like season two wait, and they've yep. already said it's not coming out in 2022, and I'm like, 
Oh, there you go. Gonna make me wait? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, other than that, the last show I watched recently is um, Zack Stone is gonna be famous. I'm not gonna spoil it because Jackson hasn't finished it yet, but it has such a good ending. Like it is honestly Bo Burnham's version of The Office, and it's so good. It's I've never, I've never so quickly got invested with a cast of characters than watching that show. Like, I think because I've seen it's only twelve episodes, and I got hooked. I've seen instantly. about half was, of it because it only got one season and then it got canceled. And I think, um, because it ran on MTV like a long time ago, and I think that's one of the sh one of those shows that if it was created today would have flourished. Like it was, it was almost yeah. too ahead of its time. As Bo Burnham usually is. <laughs> Amazing. What is I that? I missed him. Is that what's so, up? I think that's it. Yeah, that's all I got. What about you? Um, I I also have not watched a ton of TV. Um, I've been pretty busy. I did get to see Death on the Nile, which, uh. I fell asleep through part of it, but it's because it was on the last day of our Disney trip and I was exhausted and the AMC in Disney Springs is so comfortable that I could That's fall true. asleep anytime mad. there. They have heated seats. Do you know how good? Is that new? Do you know how good heated seats in a movie theater feels after being at Disney for a week? Like you would have fallen no, asleep sure. too. <laughs> So I probably would have. So I thought it was good. I thought some of the cast gave more than others where like, I cannot remember his name. The detective guy did so good. Like he's, he he's incredible. Does. He did good. In and then Gal Gadot, I was kind of like, all right, give it a little more effort, girl. Like, come on. Well, I mean, to be fair, her role, I mean, yeah, I, mm, yeah. I can't, yeah. I, is it? <laughs> Can I spoil? Can I say spoilers? Has it been out for a long time? Spoilers enough? for Death on the Nile. Skip forward like 30 seconds of yes. year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, come on. She was only in half the movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. I thought. I feel like she did not have to put in as much effort as some of yeah. the other people who did. Also, not going to lie, I felt like there was one too many. No. Okay. I'm movie. so glad you said that. I was going to say that. The Death on the Nile had me until the very end when she like when she was like we did it as a team, and I'm like, why yeah, did that was? Wait, didn't three people die though? So because there was yeah there was Gal Gadot, and then there was that like um the not like, Butler but the guys she was like the the maid lady yeah, and then the guy's died, best friend and then yeah his best friend died okay cut out the maid lady and keep, you know, the, the guy's death was really impactful. And, and, you know, it's that very common, like murder mystery twist where it's like the killer is bang. Yeah. And then they die. Like, it's like, Oh no, if only and that had been had, alive just a minute and longer. And that had an impact know. on the detective because the, he was like, Oh, this is personal now. But then like, take out the maid lady. And then the couple where she like the couple that actually planned the whole thing, they didn't need to die. Yeah. So my my thoughts on Death on the Nile are it's a good movie, a little too much death on that Nile. Murder on the Orient Express is better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. Sequels are never as good as the original. No. It which is funny because um Murder on the Orient Express is not a new thing. It's actually a remake. 
Which, <laughs> what's crazy is the death count in Orient Express is what? The one? One. The one guy? Yeah. And then death on the Nile is like... Four. Bet. <laughs> you want more death? Five. The kill count is five. I also felt like... That's such yeah. a jump. It's too man. It's too much. And it's... I also think death on the Nile was like... Didn't... Like had this great boat setting and didn't use it until like the second half of the movie. Because they were going through like different like desert temples. And I'm like, I get that you're trying to set like the Nile setting... But I'm also like, the boat's super cool. The idea of not being able to leave the boat with all the suspects is why the train was a great idea too. Exactly, because it, it it's a someone it's not, here it's a, did it's it. It's an organic way. <laughs> yeah, it's an organic way to trap your cat. Because it's like someone here and did it. It works. No one is safe, and that's really cool. And then when they kept like getting off the boat, I was like, guys, no. <laughs> That's what I think. I will say, I the, my last thing about Death on the Nile, I I don't believe for a second that that guy was not, like, totally head over heels for Gal Gadot. Because at the end, he's like, well, we plan this together because we're in love. And I'm like, okay, but to an extent, you did, like, you were genuinely in love with her. Because yeah. I don't care how great an actor you are, you cannot fake cry over someone's... Which is ironic because, you know, he was an actor yeah. faking, like, but it, I mean, in universe, yeah. you know. It was like, all but, right. All I don't know. Right. It just felt really dumb. It was like, if it would honestly, I think it would have been more impactful if she planned all of it by herself. Yeah. And it was a solo operation. And instead of the maid dying, um, well, I guess she couldn't kill the guy because, like, I think, I think it was a good, guy. I think the whole like we did it together was a great twist and i hadn't seen that maybe ever but then she shot them both and it was like we found out who they were which of course death is the easy way out you yeah. know in a story at or least. whatever yeah um i don't know uh so that was good i'm trying to get back into new girl this has been a long long discussion i'm getting there i've been watching more um also still watching demon slayer we we're gonna talk about this in the Disney, but we watched two episodes of Demon Slayer in line for Rise of the Resistance. We did. <laughs> um, we're gonna do a whole podcast about that. And I wrote down the podcast I've been listening to, but I don't think we have time, and I don't really care. So, dang. That's what <laughs> well, you didn't name the podcast, so it's okay. it's okay. It's fine. I will say, Megan told me last night that um, one of her friends, because uh, I sent her a TikTok audio that was from New Girl. And I was like, oh, out of context, spoiler, this will be fine. And before the clip even started, like, she saw the first, like, caption, and she was like, oh, this is from New Girl. And I was like, I thought you were going to get it based on the voices. And she was like, um, and I was like, no, 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 come on, tell me. How'd you find out? How'd you find out? Like, how'd you, what, what do you know? How do you and know? apparently her friend spoiled it for her <gasps> and was like, let me show you this scene that happens. And I was like, Really? That's awful. <laughs> really? How could you? But I don't. Despicable. I don't really care honestly. about spoilers, honestly. I did that whole podcast where you broke down the ending of New Girl, and I'm still watching. So. <laughs> See, I was hoping you forgot. <laughs> I remember, like you were supposed to. I forget. remember like, one thing. It was... <laughs> Just remember that Nick dies. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's what that's I remember. All you need to remember is that Nick died. Uh, actually. The the ending of New Girl is actually the same as Death on the Nile. Oh, okay. They cool. just copied Death on the Nile. Um, yeah. 
Okay, cool. I think uh, I remember his zombie novel becomes real. Uh, that's the only thing I remember. Yeah, though. they actually become. And zombies. then it transitions into The Walking Dead. So that's that's kind of cool. <laughs> it's time to reel it in. Oh no, I can't hear you. Oh no, I can't hear you. <laughs> I forgot that I muted my microphone. <laughs> that was me being an idiot. Um, Please leave that in. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so for those of you who do want to dip you know reel it in um we are gonna go ahead and dip so thank you for listening today if you want to stay up to date with the podcast you can follow us on instagram at the nerdiest podcast or on tiktok at the nerdiest podcast doing great things on both of those places um and if you have feedback or a question you want to submit you can do so through the contact us page on our website and stay tuned to the instagram and the podcast because we got some great stuff coming mm-hmm. up. Uh, I can't say too much Very about excited. it because it's kind of like it, it's it's in the air. It's kind of like we've we've penciled in some stuff, yeah. and once we get it like cross the T's and dot the I's and get everything going, then we can make official announcements. But um, if all goes according to plan. We should have a very special guest oh. next month in April. Question mark? Question mark? Podcast. Oh, oh, oh. So don't want to say too much about that, but. We should have a very special Maybe a guest. certain so, hopefully. former president. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> president Obama. What? No, who said that? The, coming on the podcast to talk about um, the Batman. <laughs> if you enjoy, and if you enjoy what we do here, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening. Amazon Podcasts, is that a thing? I don't know. I don't care. But also. It is, actually. Really? Ew. That's yeah, weird. Amazon Music. Oh. Okay. We're on there. Can I tell my Echo Dot to play our podcast? <laughs> Wait, I need to try that. No, low-key, I'm trying that when we turn off the thing. Okay, anyway, but... Actually, wait, continue doing the outro. I'm going to I'm okay. gonna try it right and now. And word of mouth is the best way for us to grow. So if you have a friend or a family member that you think would like this, please let us know. Let, let them know that we're here because we're working really hard and it's really great to see everyone enjoying seeing those numbers. Is it working? Is it working? Hold on. Hold on. Thank you for your continued support. She's playing the live episode from Halloween. <gasps> you have, listen on your Echo Dots, friends. <laughs> that's so cool. Okay. Sorry, that just made my day. That's, a, that's uh, so cool. Go listen on your Echo Dots. That's exciting. Thank you for listening. <laughs> if you want to stay for the... That needs to be a TikTok. Oh my God. If you're going to stay for the Disney portion... Don't touch that dial. Until Don't touch that dial, but baby. But if you're going right to leave, here. we'll see you in the next episode. Peace. No, that's you. Bye. Peace out. <laughs> you just I just stole your outro. It's okay. All right, hold on. Give give the people who want to leave, give them a few seconds. All right, ladies and gentlemen. All right, welcome, welcome to, to the, the Disney um, Spectacular. <laughs> the nerdiest after show where we talk about... Um, Disney, which is funny because that's an old concept that I'm bringing back. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're not going to talk too much about like the day overall yeah. because we did talk about like the first half of the day on that bonus podcast episode that you can listen to now. Uh, you don't have to listen to it first, but you should listen to it after this to, yeah. like, to get a little more context. So after we wrapped that podcast recording, we went over and got in line for Rise of the Resistance yes. because we figured, well, at some point we're going to have to just bite the bullet 
and do it. Mm-hmm. And we did. Because the um, line was then, not dropping. Like, we were watching no. it all day. We got early entrance, and it was instantly at, like, 100 minutes. And... Yeah. And even by the end of the day, it never dropped below 100. No. Which is crazy. Which is insane. And I think something that everyone told me when I was, I was like, oh, we're going to Disney. He said, everyone said, oh, if you stay late in the parks, the wait time goes down. That's bull. Do not believe that. It never happened. Except for like one or two instances. Like that, that's not a consistent thing. Rock and roller coaster went from over an hour to under an hour. It went to tw- like it went to twenty minutes that one time, and we like yeah. went in. But then now, we got Tower out. Of Terror never dropped below ninety. No, so uh, it just depends. Nothing really ever dropped. Which I mean, to be fair, like a lot of the rides at Hollywood Studios dropped. It was just the big ones like Slinky, Tower of Terror, Rock mm-hmm. and Roller Coaster, Rise of Resistance. Like even Smuggler's Run was down to like a half hour. Yeah, which is. As someone who goes there regularly, that is considered low. Yeah, that's low. Um, I think... So... Yeah. So Rise of the Resistance just kind of hopped in line. We're like, all right, we're going to do it. And I think waiting in line isn't bad if you have the right crew, um, which I had a great time in line. I don't know about you. Um, We watched, what, (laughs) episodes four and five? Yeah, of Demon Slayer. Of Demon Slayer? (laughs) Uh, Which is funny because I just pulled out my tripod and I held it. On my phone and like put my hat over it so we could kind of see the the, the screen and just bam we Ugh. just watched those two episodes because yeah. like, we don't have anything else to do yeah so i think you told me because i bought a bottle of water right before we got in line because i was you like get one sip every half that's hour. what he said he said you get one drink every half hour and then if I took because a... once you're in line, there's no system of like I need to pee. Like, can I leave? You They're see, like, no. Okay, so you pee say in the that, bottle. but also <laughs> you say that, but also the amount of people that we had to step out of the way for who did that was insane. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy though. I don't like. I'm not I don't, that guy. I don't, don't want to be that guy, that guy. But um, you're weak. No, I'm just kidding. You can do. You can do Disney weak however ladder. you want. But nah, I just. Think I drink it's weird. my whole. I drink my whole little uh, water bottle empty. Because <laughs> as we like got further in the line, we started talking mm-hmm. more, and that's when my throat started getting really dry, and I was just like, Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was really bad because I was already recovering from like long COVID and like a throat thing because I hurt myself. No, here's, here's what's funny. I had COVID like a week before we went to Disney world, which kind of worked out. Cause I had the antibodies and I wasn't like freaking out like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to get sick. But it was weird because all of the congestion I had from that was loosened on roller coasters. And so, like, the rock and roller coaster loosened any it. of the congestion that was in my chest. And so, like, I was hacking up a lung, and it sounded really bad. But I was like, guys, I'm fine. I promise. I promise I'm not sick. And so... Disney, it's not COVID, I swear. Like, I required... Mickey Mouse is going to come break my knees for coming into the park. But... He's like, how dare you breathe But, like, I just needed a lot of water, which was unfortunate, because I had to be in that line for three hours. <laughs> exactly. Now... I didn't tell you anything about Rise of the Resistance. Mm-mm. Like, which you had no, like, all I told him was that the ride starts before you think the ride starts. Yeah. So I'm not going to say anything about it. Just tell me your thoughts as we were, like, going through the whole process of the ride. So the queue was cool, even though, like, it was, do I wish the wait was shorter? Yeah, absolutely. Do I have any regrets? No. 
I think Rise of the Resistance is one of those experiences that Disney could not have crafted until now. It would not have been near the quality that it is if they tried to make it even a couple years ago. So I think like if the weight, now I don't want to, I don't want to linger on the weight, but it really was a majority part of our day was waiting in that line. No, it really um, was. Like, that was a solid three hours of our day. Um, if, standing in that if line. the line was like 30 minutes to an hour, like I would have enjoyed it a little more because by the time you get there, you're like, oh my gosh, I need to like go get a Sprite. I need a snack. Like, um, yeah, but that didn't take away from my enjoyment from the ride that much. I think it's maybe the most immersive thing Disney has ever made that I've experienced at least. And I understand why it delayed so much after I did it. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, these are a lot of moving parts. Like there's a lot of real cast members and a lot of like cars yeah. that have to go back into their positions and like a lot of ele electrical things that like I was blown away by every part of it. And I just, it like, was so cool. Even once we got broken out of the cell, which by the way, this is the most receptive crowd I've ever had on Rise of the Resistance. It was great. <laughs> I've discovered that my true talent is acting <laughs> because we're standing in line and like, there's always these stories of like, you really gotta like the first order people on the ship are mm -hmm. super intense. And they were like, take your bags off. And I was like intentionally standing in the wrong direction and refusing to take my bag off. Um, but then there were, there were these like, I wanna say they're like 10 or 11 or 12 mm -hmm. maybe kids who looked at me and they're like, take your bag off. And I was like, oh, okay, these kids are freaking out. So I take my bag off. And then we go into the cell. Which I wanna say, like, I wanna say, I always have this. I wanna say, experiencing rides with kids like that is so funny because it's just like never because before. they've never done it and kids have no filter they will say whatever they're like it's so real to them that it just helps it's just so fun to play along i just want to say that which i'll speak on this a little bit later but i'm pretty sure i traumatized a kid on tower of terror stay tuned <laughs> my traumatization my traumatization count goes up every single time i write it um but so we go into like this cell and there's a like a a button panel mm -hmm. in the back of the room, but I was being super interactive with like the thing. And like when Kylo Ren does the force freeze, I was like, ooh, stiffened up, like this whole thing. And then they left. And I was like, I don't even, and I just audibly said to the, everyone in the room, I was like, I don't know why I'm here. I didn't do anything wrong. And then I looked back at the buttons and I was like, maybe one of these buttons will do something because I know what happens. So I'm sitting here, I'm pressing the buttons and I was like, that didn't do it. And I pushed another one and I was like, ooh, that didn't do it. And then one of the kids came over and pushed a button and I was like, no, no, that's the wrong one. And then right as I turned this knob, the walls lit up like the because the resistance was coming to yeah. like cut the door and break us out. And I was like, there that, we go. Well, that's the one I was supposed to push. So we go out and we get in this car and uh, what, did, what did the lady say? She was like, take off all your She's hats like, take off all hats and, and glasses because the cars I, go fast. And I went and I like tightened my hat and shook it down and she looked at me and went, the vacuum of space does not care if your hat is on backwards. <laughs> and I was like, the no, she was so intense too. And I took the, the vacuum hat off. of space does not care if your hat is on backwards. Store it away. It's, it's so good. <laughs> like the cast is so, so good. So, um, yeah, the yeah. the people who do this are very into it, yeah. and that's what makes it better. What's so funny about you as a person is you're very you keep to yourself until you're on a Disney ride. And then you become a stand-up comedian. 
<laughs> because because we, so because we're all like smugglers run and he says the line where he's like i have complete faith in you but i'm gonna come with you and then nick does this whole and like, then i just very go loud. that doesn't sound like that doesn't faith. sound like complete faith and then like everyone also, laughs I audibly everyone laughs to the entire and, crew I audibly announced to the entire crew because we got engineer and I didn't want engineer, I wanted pilot. So I told Jackson as we were moving, I was like, I'm not going to fix the ship. So I audibly said at the beginning of the ride, as we're taking off, I announced to the whole crew, I will not be fixing the ship. Yeah. And then I proceeded to not fix the ship. I think, I like, wish we had a picture. It was not like, oh, I'm not going to do this. I wish we had a picture because the score legitimately said zero. So good. He did not, this man did not press yeah. a single button. <laughs> And I think I didn't do anything. Another funny thing on Smuggler's Run was the we were on there with like a family of four. They were all connected, and then we were in the back just being absolute and trolls. Just and this mom was taking a video, and I'm pretty sure I ruined the video, but I did it intentionally. No, wait, so no, so she's, I'm the one who ruined the video. So she's taking she's, oh. she's taking a video of the ride, and I just start screaming, <laughs> like like because the ship is moving. She's like, "Oh, guys, we're at Smuggler's Run," and I'm just. What's great Ugh. is she was filming, and there's this part where you shoot a missile, and it goes dead silent. Like, they just turned all the audio off. And it's to blow up the ship, the cargo ship. So after the missile goes, I just go, if I can't have the coaxium, no one can. It was And it was so, so perfectly timed. And oh I was gosh. like, I'm Thank a comedic genius. Thank you very oh much. <laughs> yeah. I thought, it's the Disney Nick is different. And I want to bring up. No, I am quite literally built different. I want to. When I go to I want to bring up the Tower of Terror and how. Uh, so there's a scene on the Tower of Terror no, where you're sitting. We gotta save that one. We gotta okay, save I'll save that it. One I'll save it. Because um, my antics continued when we moved to Rock and Roller Coaster. Yeah. Which, um, I I had said like I wanted to do the sound that's like oh that's my boy oh no my boy father, father help. help. Um, and I kept saying it as we were in line and there was like this small group of like people behind us who thought it was funny because mm -hmm. I did it right before it launched. I went, father, father help. And it launched and we were still in line and they were like, oh, ha, ha, that's, that's very funny. funny. Mm -hmm. So then we get online in like in the ride and it goes back and it does a little click and then it does a countdown five, four, three, two, one. And when it went two, I went, skibbity bop, <laughs> and then it shot <laughs> forward. And I was like, my listen, my comedy was on point that day. I don't know what it was, but it was like Man, on parallel. And, like that, that was and then the iconic. second time we wrote it, I did the Father Hell, which did not go I think, over as well. Um, I also want to say when the, on the rock and roller coaster, when it does the sign that's like traffic backed up, you were like, just another day on I-40 or whatever it was. <laughs> no, and people started agreeing. Yeah. I just, like, it was like traffic jam. I was like, that's just another day on I-4. So and funny. I heard someone in front of me go, oh, that is another that is day another on I-4. Oh and I was like, let's go. I love, and I also love the, we did the rock and roller coaster twice. It's like my favorite right there. Yeah. And it got, it stopped at the end. Like, bef like, a little bit before it's supposed to like it got stuck and then that's when we just say started saying the most outlandish things where i was like man i love, I love van you, halen <laughs> that's what i said on the air panic at the disco Road. you're my, i love you and then we started talking about like discussing when they're gonna turn it into the taylor swift roller coaster and how it'd be so much better because like you know everyone is just huge aerosmith fans 
So it's like, of course, you just like, gotta, you just gotta troll him. Right. I also, also shout out to the little French girl who likes whose restraint wouldn't go up at the end, oh, and she just started she screaming. She was so scared. She was like, "Mama, mama!" Like she had like this thick French accent. I don't know if she was French. She might have been. I don't know. La- Latina. I don't Hispanic? know. I thought I know. it was French. It, she looked French. <laughs> I was half paying attention. <laughs> and and the cast member was like, he fixed. He was like, calm down. He stopped, put it up. And he went. He's like, calm down. And then and then he looked and at he looked at us and he said, it's not like it's going anywhere. <laughs> like it's not like it's going it anywhere. So funny. Like rock and roller coaster at eight p.m. No one cares. It's so funny. No, that's a scene out of a horror movie where like. Your restraint gets stuck, and then it, it just, just keeps sends going. you again, yeah. but you die. Yeah. <laughs> um, we call this the final that's ride. That's what that is. <laughs> I think, yeah. It's because it's your final but, ride. Um, I want to talk about what happened in the key, in the line for Runaway Railway, where you accidentally may have <gasps> spoiled oh, okay. Santa. <laughs> so, yeah. I made some interesting comments about <laughs> Santa. Just for those who are listening. If you know, you know. <laughs> And we were talking about this very audibly. And about this mom just turned around and just looked at me and said, hey, just a heads up. There are a lot of kids in this line who did not make the same realization you did at 16. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're right. I it was like something that had totally slipped my mind. Yeah, because you and just. And I was like, oh my gosh, how like did I not think Talking this? about Santa in the line, and then she's like, I can't help but over here. Which, to be fair, we were talking very obnoxious. We were talking obnoxiously loud that entire day. So anytime someone said. It's like that guy who came up to us at the hotel oh bar who was gosh. like, I can't help but over here. But. He's, he's uh, so funny. Because we were sitting. He's eavesdropping sitting by the on pool. our conversation, very personal conversation. So we're sitting by the pool um, because he was waiting for his ride to come back. And I don't yeah. think we're sitting by the hotel bar <laughs> because I well, mean, we were, was, but we didn't. Between we the drinking. pool and the hotel um, bar. And then this guy. Or the pool bar, not the hotel yeah, bar. Yeah. We had like this hour long conversation, very, a very real conversation. And he, this yeah. guy walked by and he was like, I couldn't help but over here. And then he said something about like started giving relationship advice on like, you should tell a woman that she's stunning. Because that's something that they never hear, and it sells every time. I was like, it does work. Was, it does work. And then, you, and then you tested it out. I did. As soon as I got home, the first thing I said to Megan on the phone was, "Hello, dear. You look stunning." <laughs> and she was like wearing her pajamas or whatever because she was about to go to bed. <laughs> and I was just like, "You look stunning. You look ravishing." But that's uh, the that's the worked. thing. That's the thing. This is not a situational thing. They're stunning because God made them stunning. Big Precisely. She's gonna You're listen to this and be like, oh, "You did it." She's like, "Oh, that's where you got, you it got from? stunning from the drunk and I was like, for the oh, drunk no. pool man." <laughs> did it work? Yeah. Yes. Does it matter where it came from? No. Then? <laughs> that's funny. So, to kind of to kind of wrap up mm-hmm. our Disney Day discussion here, we got to talk about Tower of Terror, which told Jackson nothing about that either, by the way, uh, except for a bunch of nerdy stuff. Yeah about why the line was 90 minutes because they were only running half the ride because it's built identically on both you know, sides and blah, 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 blah. I didn't realize, I didn't realize you were an engineer. Like, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, and actually, I actually designed Tower of Terror. What? Okay? Did no it way. open, like, 30 years ago? Yeah, but I designed, <laughs> designed it from it. the womb, okay? Um, so, was I in the womb 30 years ago? No. <laughs> no. 
but I did somehow design it from there. Anyway, Connect the dots. so I was telling Jackson in line that one of my favorite things to do on Tower of Terror, and this is gonna sound terrible, is traumatize kids. Explain. But in a fun way. But in a fun way so that like 10 years from now they can say, oh my gosh, my first ride in Tower of Terror was like this, and this is what made it better now. Mm -hmm. Like it traumatized me in the moment, um, but looking back on it now, You're it's really awful. funny. <laughs> because something similar happened to me because the first time oh. I rode Tower of Terror, there was this really obnoxious group of teenagers on there who started screaming. It freaked me out. I never wanted to ride it again. But then I did ride it again, and now it's my favorite ride at Hollywood Studios. So like I have to you know, yeah. pass it on. Pass the torch. So <laughs> we're standing in line, and there was this there was this little blonde kid in front of us. And I was like, darn, he's too far away. I really want to traumatize that kid. <laughs> no! Which sounds so wrong. Sounds awful. And he was like, darn, what a shame. And then we get put in the ride, and I look forward, and I was like, oh. There he is. And I'm like tapping his arm, like, Jackson, Jackson, there he is. That's the kid. What's the, That's the kid. What's that thing oh on TikTok? And they're like, no, little German boy, don't go in the Tower of Terror. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Um, so Terrible. We're like going and the ride's going and like I'm trying to like comedically time, right? So there's a scene where the this man, window no, shatters. No, I need to tell this. I, I need to tell go. this. This man, <laughs> it go you go up and then like forward a little and like there's a ghost and then it's like the window in the distance shatters. This man full volume, I might add. <laughs> Who broke my window? Killed. People laughed. They killed. thought it was funny. Why? Why that killed? I don't know. I think everyone was really on edge. I'm gonna try it again edge. next time I write it. Who broke my window? See if that's like. I think when everyone's no, no, no. See, really on edge because it's the Tower of Terror and you're like waiting for something to happen and then that joke just like killed, just like breaks the silence and it's funny. Right. There you go. Now here's the thing. When it comes to me traumatizing kids on the Tower of Terror, it's kind of like an ebb and flow. It's a double whammy type thing. You gotta lure them into a false sense of security that you're gonna be Right? No! So you get, well, actually, no, I'm sorry. Usually, on that first go up, I scream at the top of my lungs. Like, I'm terrified. Like, there's somebody behind me gonna kill me. Right? And you freak them out on that first go up. They're like, oh my god, this is yeah. so scary. And I, but then I can you hit attest. Him with the window, then you hit him with the it's window. I, okay, so my, so my punch is either the window, who broke my window. That's the new one that I'm adding. But usually, I go for when you go up again, I don't scream. But as soon as the doors open, I go, this isn't my hotel room. And then that's when you hit them with the double punch of the, oh, you terrified me. But, oh, it's it's okay because the rest of it's funny. Like, this is going to be funny. And what? then when we're going, like, we lock in the chamber. My, my next go-to is, there's nothing wrong with this at all. Super sarcastic. And then... The answer depend the the next thing changes depending on whether or not you go down or up first. If you go down, it's bloody screaming at the top of your lungs. If you go up, you're like, oh, this is nice, and then you just kind of intermingle based on your crowd. This man um, put together a routine for the Tower you can of Terror. Throw in a goofy scream if you want to do the oh, <laughs> like you know to make it kind of funny but also terrifying. Like it, it's really like. You kind of got to play to your crowd. How many times have I'll you say. ridden the Tower of Terror to where you can put together a routine? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I did write it 14 times I in think one it's day, funny. So. I think it's funny how, like, <laughs> you know, some people are... Have, I'm not psychotic. Some people right. are sketch comedians. Some people are stand-up comedians. Some people are improv. This man is a Disney ride comedian. 
He can only yes. be funny on Disney rides. <laughs> Otherwise, it is I'm like- I'm literally funny nowhere else. That is Nowhere true. else but Disney rides. That this, is accurate. This man, what? I just, I, that made it so much more enjoyable. Your ride oh. commentary is legitimately like YouTube worthy. <laughs> One day when we go to Magic Kingdom, I have a whole different subset for like Haunted Mansion, uh, Space Mountain Q, Big Thunder Mountain, Pirates of the Caribbean. Listen, you think Tower oh of gosh. Terror is bad. Put me on Haunted Mansion. I will traumatize some kids yeah. in the stretching room. Like, without see, context. But you have so to bad. be real. The way, the way you have to do it, though, is you have to make it so that they don't know it's you, right? Because then you so get like, an angry parent. <laughs> right, because what you don't want, like, you kind of have to, and, and this is part of, like, the balancing act of it, too, where it's like, you don't want to go so far that the kid leaves the ride crying. If they leave the ride crying, you've gone too far. then you know you've gone too far. And I never want to cross that line. Like, if I cross that line, I stop. Mm -hmm. I try to make it, like, I say traumatizing, but it's really more like making it more a little like a little more live. Making you know? it more interactive. Um, because if we're honest, not right. a lot of a lot of people are just themselves on those rides, which is fine. Right. Like I don't expect you to be a theater turn into a theater major the second you walk into the Tower of Terror. But like exactly. being those people that can enhance the experience, I think and it's really weird, but like it gives people those memories. And I think that's really funny. <laughs> yeah. I I had an angry... I didn't have a confrontation, but I had an angry parent glare after the Haunted Mansion once. Because you've been in the stretching room, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, it gets like it yeah. gets super dark and falls and all that. Um, and one of my, like, routines for that is either I'll scream with the woman falling. Yeah. Or when she hits the ground, I'll just audibly say, my bad. My bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, or something like that. So one time I did the scream. And um, when the lights came back on, there was one parent who gave me, like, the death glare. I did not speak till like, we got in our ride vehicle. Like, I was silent. I was like, oh, that's the wrath of an angry Disney parent. My oh bad. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, that's and hilarious. that was kind of the wake up to, like, you have to, you have to temper it. You got to, you and, know. like, kind of mess around with I it. I think this is the definition of chaotic good <laughs> yeah yeah no nope, definitely true there you go can wait can we make um i traumatize kids on tower of terror a sticker no <laughs> yes no i'm gonna i'm gonna call i'm gonna call a sticker manufacturer uh, right, right now. now hi can i have uh i traumatize children on the tower of terror as a sticker You're like thing? not without the fbi at your door <laughs> i'll get it i'll get it as a I will, shirt i will here's the thing i would get a sticker that said who broke my window that's that is that yes! is one that I would get. Who broke my window? Who broke my window? Or this isn't my hotel room oh my is pretty gosh. iconic. Honestly, this isn't my hotel room. We make off-brand like Disney merch, but it's just based off my commentary. That's, that's uh, that is like Looney Tunes Idea? level like comedy, but for some reason it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have much more to say because we're gonna wrap it. It was just an there. amazing. I beat with day. Toy Story Mania twice. Just want oh, to put that okay. on the record. Thank you for sharing that. Beat him twice. Just we still have we have more Disney there. content yeah. coming out on the TikTok. We made a ton of videos that day. So I actually just posted one. Today. I saw that. Wait, today? Hold on. Yeah. You need to. It's the you it's the when you the... wait in line for Rise of the Resistance. Oh, that's the one that I'm in. Hold on. Yeah. 
Jackson is featured very prominently in most of the TikToks because he doesn't know how to operate a phone camera. Yeah. Which is really weird. For someone who can operate a DSLR camera, you don't know how to operate a phone camera. Well, from TikTok, I know how to though. I know how to operate a phone camera. I don't know how to operate the TikTok camera. Ugh, <laughs> uh, it's not that hard. Uh, Jeez. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> this is the actual ending of the podcast. Thank you for sticking around this long, listening to our long rant about Disney. Only the real ones will know mm. what um who broke my window. Yeah. So it, so, so we're gonna when post that eventually drops as merch. We're gonna post a design uh, and it's gonna say who broke my window. Who broke my window with the caption if you know you know. If you know you know. You better know. <laughs> you know. So yeah. Uh that's all we have for you. Thank you for listening, and um we'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Out. Bye.